under pressure welcome to junk connoisseurs with alan alex and jordan uh we're here to talk about weird cars that we like so one of us has a car picked out that uh we want to talk about today that the other two don't know about and we're going to just dissect what we can during the show but before we get started anybody uh bring anything automotive home this week they want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> leading questions yeah i feel <laughs> i feel like i'm being targeted here well you know not just you yeah oh, somebody right. else brought home a turbocharger here recently i know oh, oh did you actually collect said auction i i, I did auction, collect said auction i got a uh, very limited documentation turbo turbocharger all i know is it's a t3 t4 hybrid with a 0.50 ar and that is the only numbers on the box so if anybody who works for excess power wants to explain to me what I actually have, assuming anybody actually works for excess power, um, great job with the industrial copying guys. Um, <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm turbo gonna, on it does side. not say turbo. They correctly spelled turbocharger. Oh, it oh, is man. not a turbo. Um, <laughs> Mine says turbone. Turbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that. <laughs> yeah. I could go all kinds of places with that that I shouldn't. Oh, I've, yeah. Um, I'm aware. So, yeah, I, I, I need suggestions of what to put this turbocharger on. I'm going to presume it's too small for a, B, a V8, um, but probably about the right size for a four or a six. It'd, I'd go nice on the Beamer if I could, you know, get the squirrels to give me the keys back. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so Jordan here, uh, I brought home a 2010 Crown Vic, uh, with the intention of using it as a parts car, but frankly, it's perhaps too nice for that. So I might just be taking the good parts off of my other Crown Vic and putting it into this one. <laughs> is it a CVPI? Yes, it is the, uh, police package, but no, it's, uh, originally from Idaho. So basically no rust. Um, the interior's really nice shape it has transmission issues uh which could be potentially either a uh, reverse like a sensing switch or it could be that the clutches are shot this sounds like a prime candidate to just for right now swap over the stick oh, from the any of these Eula. problems with the transmission yeah. can be fixed with a five-speed yeah right? no <laughs> they, you, you guys are uh you, you're a little behind the the eight ball is, here, it, is it that the transmission it? already out and on your like ready to go in no yeah. no not yet it's too cold for that at the yeah, moment no, but no, um yeah. Jordan bought a five-speed swapped early mid-90s 94 94 uh Crown Vic dragged it back from Florida and was going to potentially. Well, it also has a swap uh, it with a 03 plus Panther frame, but mm -hmm. then he bought the car to do the swap with, and now it's nicer, has more potential than the original, which yeah. happens so often with parts cars. So. Yeah. Uh, well, oddly enough, even though it is Ford white paint, all the paint is in nice shape. It needs a bumper and two doors, so we'll see. To to be nice, like mm -hmm. the doors are just kind of rubbed in a little bit they they're still fully functional and the bumpers are just because it's a cop car has some nice they holes for a push bar yeah, yeah. yeah. but no push bar no push bar it has mounts though but uh so you missed the point uh on the 94 it has a five speed but it also has a 32 valve motor out of a mark eight so that's 
over the the 94 to the mark 8 was 80 horsepower difference so like that's pretty substantial it's not as large of a difference on the um on the 2010 because yeah. that's 250 horsepower give or take and, and said 32 valve motor is also not running right correct no but that's because it had it's not running on the right computer oh. uh, i pretty much nailed that down that it's uh currently set up for like the stock wiring harness and computer for a 94 crown Vic is trying to run this 32 valve motor. Okay. So it doesn't have anywhere near the amount of fueling it's supposed to get. So that is, uh, something that I'm trying to, uh, investigate how best to fix that. The, the long-term solution, if I do end up putting that engine in the 2010, I may end up just buying HP tuners. They physically bolt in the same spot, right? Yeah, it's the same assuming block casting. En- assuming it's wide enough for the giant heads on yes. the, the twin cam motor. Well, the, the, the 2003 plus Crown Vicks, uh, you could get the Mercury Marauder on that ah, same chassis, which had the 32 valve motor in yeah. it. So this, the 03 plus is already designed for the width of that engine. The intake manifold could be a problem, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's... So swap, it, the, swap the trans now, swap the motor later? If I'm in there, if I'm in there, I'll probably just do it all at once, especially because, uh, yeah, after investigating HP tuners uh, on the 2010, it'll be, I think it's pretty straightforward to, to do what I want it to do. So that may be where that one goes. So what'd you have to give for this pile of automotive glory? $800. Can't beat that action. Yeah. No, it's, uh, slightly ugly and. Need some replacement parts, but for the most part, don't we all at this point? That's a great parts car score. Yep. When you messaged that you were getting the car from Florida, I was, I was really glad that I wasn't involved in that. (laughs) That seems stressful to me getting a known car back from Florida. That's a long haul from mid Missouri. The funny thing was, is so I bought that crown Vic. Uh, I paid a thousand dollars for it and drove it 45 minutes to this track that I had an event at the next day. I get there and one of the other people at this event immediately offers me $500 more than I have. (laughs) And of course, so if I couldn't have found a a way to get it home, Mm -hmm. I could just make $500 it wasn't really that bad of an experience overall. So that's, like that's eh. usually the sign that something's well bought when your idiot friend tries to buy it from you for more than you paid. Right. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Jordan? Oh, well, do we want to uh do we want to play the guessing game? I think we do. Okay, so uh the the vehicle I picked is on the Motor Trend Car of the Year list. All right. So, we've are we we're developing a trend. Uh cuz I hear that. <laughs> no, so that's two out of three uh, for our current episodes. That's your first guess or your first hint. Uh, it was available in three different body styles. It is produced on the American shores mm-hmm. or within them, I suppose. I don't know where the yeah. factory is specifically, but it's not from overseas. No, it was available overseas. Did they like it overseas? I mean, yeah. As far as I know. So far, this narrows it down to everything I'm interested in. Sure. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) You guys can ask questions. Um, I ask questions. (laughs) Um, Built by the big three. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Is it a Chrysler product? No, not a Chrysler product. <laughs> Alan, you almost look relieved when I said <laughs> Slightly. that. Slightly. It's just the mean, guy literally I'm, wearing a Mopar shirt. That's true, I, I, yes. It, you know, I love, I love Chrysler, <laughs> but man, it's hard to defend some of the choices sometimes. <laughs> I believe this chassis had five different wheel diameters available to it across its years. Okay. Were any of them TRX? No. Okay. No, yeah, not was, as far as I know. That that, that, that takes some of the errors. <laughs> takes, the fox, yeah. takes the fox yeah. body off the table. Uh, built by the big three, five different wheel Is diameters. it is it a Ford? Yes. Okay. It is a Ford. Is it the Taurus? No. Thank God. Is it the Tempaz? No. No. Okay. Well, I mean this different body styles. I mean, is it the Panther platform? Yeah, <laughs> correct. It's the Panther platform. Five different wheels. I think it was fourteen to eighteen. So Panther platform. Yeah. Town car. No, it's just the Panther platform oh, in general. Oh, oh talk so about it's the Panther. Panther. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, it was one of those things. I was trying to think of a uh, of a car that was appealing, but it would also provide a yeah. lot of available content and discussion, and something that uh, I have three of, and Alex has two. And mm-hmm. have you ever owned anything Panther related, uh, Alan? I have not. The only Ford I've, I've owned. I've owned one Ford Taurus, and my wife, who was in my girlfriend, owned a similar Ford Taurus. And aside from that, I don't think I've had any Ford products. Hmm. That's yeah. Um, I've I've I like Panthers. I've owned a couple of different Chrysler police cars in bodies. Yeah, but I've never had a, a a Panther. I've thought about it. I like them. So the Panther platform for those who aren't aware, it's the the Crown Vic, Lincoln Mercury variants yep. of the Crown Victoria from what seventy uh, seventy nine. And at that point, it was the LTD, uh, the Mercury Marquis, mm-hmm. not grand yet. Uh, and then the Lincoln Continental, which it wasn't a town car then. And then in 81 or 82, it's those three went smaller to the Fox Body mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we got the Crown Victoria Instead of the LTD. Grand Marquis. Yes, the Grand Marquis and the town car went to be like that was the large rear wheel drive platform car versus the medium size. So the three body styles, did they make a wagon? Yes. Okay. They they never made the wagon after the aero break, right? Like in the nineties? No, the the square bodies. Yeah, the last one would have been in the late eighties. And I know they made coupes, but they didn't make very many of those either. Uh no. Those were Early, uh, like from a two door was available in '79, mm-hmm. and then it was phased out towards the the end of the '80s. Yeah, the Panther platform from '79 to 2011, it was a body on frame construction. It right, was never a unibody. Only available with a V8, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the smallest would have been a two fifty, the two five five. Oh gosh, uh, that was '80 and '81. But oh, the nice. the three hundred two and the three fifty one were available throughout the like. From from the first year Pre-modular. on, yeah. um, and then in ninety two, I think it w- it switched from the small block uh, Windsor Motors to, uh, I think at that point it was only the three hundred two, but um, it switched to the four point six single cam was that modular also, motors. Was that also the break from the box body yeah. style to the aero. Uh, yes, Thank yeah. You. So fairly major. That was the fairly that was the biggest redesign during that. You know, during that time, right? Yeah, they, they made incre- I know they made incremental improvements mm-hmm. for the entire run, but that was the big, 
you know, new body, new interior. Yeah. The, uh, so it, it's technically broken down into three generations, but they're all evolutions. There's mm -hmm. no like full redesign. Uh, you have the square bodies through the eighties. Uh, the early nineties went to the, uh, arrow, um, smooth body. That's second generation. That's when, uh, so 1990 would have been the first available for the chassis redesign, which was the, uh, town car, which is the motor trend car of the year in uh, 1990. There you go. That was the only year that you could get a Windsor, a five liter in that body you style so, yeah. in 91, the town car went to the 4.6. And then when the Mercury and the Ford transitioned, they both like all at once mm. went to the 4.6. Okay. And then the third generation came in 98 when they switched to the most recent body style. But then there were the incremental changes as they changed the front suspension design in 2003. 98, I think, is when they went to the Watts Link rear end. Uh, 98 to 2003, they did a bunch of small changes, but they did the body style change in 98. Um and the, the takeaway is if you want the best driving one, buy the last one. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you did. Basically. Yeah. I bought a 2010, yeah, which was, was the, the next to last year. Yeah. Nine, uh, 2009, they did some minor changes. This episode brought to you by Thompson's Teeth, the only teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. Okay. So are we ready for some, uh, some facts? It is. Uh, does anybody wish to take a guess as to how many Panther platform vehicles were produced in the 32 years oh, that they gosh. were available? I'm going to go 4 million. No, I, I wouldn't even want to hazard a guess. It's got such a long run. We're talking about 30 years span. Almost. 32. 32 years yep. span. So uh, Alan says 4 million. 9.6 million wow. cars. Well, they were the cop car between the Caprice yep. going out in 96 and the Charger didn't come until 05. So there were 10 years when if you wanted a non-SUV cop car, it was a Crown Vic. Mm -hmm. Or it was an yep. Impala if you wanted to be laughed at. You know? <laughs> well, and the Impalas, they stopped 15 years almost. 96 was the last of the of the B-body platform. Yeah, until 2005 when a certain company in mm -hmm. you know, Detroit started building a better arguably v8 rear wheel drive <laughs> four-door although although from what i understand cops still preferred crown vicks because the charger did not have space inside yeah, that is a large that is plane you, you, had, you had a big console and even with the seats cut so you could get in and out with your belt on it yep. was still tight comparatively yeah because the crown vic was was the last vestige of like the 60s giant land yacht I had a friend who had a P71. It was not white. It had no holes in the roof. It was lovely. Wow. And uh, we would regularly put six people in it. Yeah. And well, uh, another thing that was probably beneficial to law enforcement was the uh, trunk size because mm -hmm. a charger has yes. half. Well, uh, uh, part of it is accessibility as well because right. the Crown Vic has the the giant opening. Right. Whereas the, the charger is, has a shorter rear deck right. lid. And that's not saying a charger trunk is small, but the crown Vic trunk is, is massive. Yeah. Like you luggage for a week for your whole family. Uh, put a Fiat 500 yeah. in it. <laughs> Speaking from experience, the trunk on uh, 03 or newer crown Vic or 98 newer crown Vic is impressively large. Yes. It, it holds a lot of gear. Yep. 
So this is a, a decent segue into the a little bit of information about the the police interceptor versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first year that Ford specifically built a police interceptor version for fleet sales was 1992. So any previous square bodies were uh, perhaps purchased with like through a fleet uh, availability, but it didn't have uh, a package. A, so it didn't speak. have a package. It okay. didn't have uh, upgraded cooling systems huh. and uh, upgraded suspension components and um, didn't necessarily have uh, specific. It, it didn't have the specific option codes that you associate with P71 now, although at the time you could probably piece them together for, for a fleet. Sure. I had I had a friend in high school who had probably an 86 or 87 four-door Crown Vic that was an ex-highway. He claimed it was an ex-highway patrol car. It had a 351 in it. Well, it I, was it, respectable for then, you know. I, I think it was just the, the difference of the check boxes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So for 1992, the information that I found mm-hmm. was is, uh, you, the police interceptor package started to include – yeah, upgraded uh, suspension components, so shocks, heavier duty springs, uh, steel wheels, specifically uh, ease of repair, curb jumping, whatever. Yeah. Uh, rubber floor uh, mats versus like a carpet uh, for you know easy cleanup. Easy cleanup. Um, larger radiators and specific cooling systems for uh, the transmission and power steering pump. Uh, I don't know the the details of what that looks like, but there uh and uh probably more in the later electronically controlled transmission era but um increased um shift firmness in the transmission so like you get more positive i think gear engagement you're looking for is firmth firmth Mm -hmm. okay thank you yes i'm glad that you uh you you specified that for me one common misconception that i've heard um is that the at least with the 2001 and up the P 71 police interceptors, a lot of people think they had a special engine or special programming in the engine tuning. And, uh, actually the police engine and tuning are no different than the civilian spec cars, right? So the police version just had the, as funny as this is to say about a crown Vic, the sport package, um, which was just effectively a, an exhaust system. You could get the crown Vic LX sport, I think is what it was. And that was rated identically to the, uh, to the police interceptor versions. Got it. Um, I think that you could get the same rear gear ratios in the civilian versions. They just weren't as easy to come by or common. So like, uh, most police interceptors, especially this, particularly the late ones, cause this is, I've been doing research on that for my own personal use. Of course, yes. um, the base rear axle ratio for those was a 327, either open or locked with the 355 gear being open or locked as an option. Well, the civilian cars, depending on the year could have something as terrible as a 273 gear. Right, right. My 96 town car, I think has a 308. So as far as gear ratios go, Ford had almost an entire points worth of spread over the years that they made this car or this chassis. Yep. So the police interceptors, yes, they probably were faster, but it was because of axle gearing more mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course the other things would be, 
uh, in- increased cooling systems, upgraded suspension components. Those right. are the other main things. But no, the engine was basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. So they're fun cars to drive. Speaking from experience, and uh, well, I wouldn't say they're fun cars to crash. I've done it, and wow, they can deliver a hit. I uh, pulled a bonehead move in traffic and T-boned a Camaro and uh, popped the airbag in my car, crumpled the front driver quarter pretty good, but I drove that car 35, 40 miles home that day. Uh, So next thing I have, uh, while the Panther platform has never been known for its high performance, uh, as discussed um, a moment ago that the Charger was probably a better vehicle in many, many regards. And I would, I would agree with that. It made a hundred and what? 25 more horsepower. I don't know. What is a, what is a Panther makes like the 250, 250, uh, the, the last police interceptor was 250. You're down, I think a solid 95 horsepower. Okay. Say the, the heavy was like 345 in the, in the early chargers. Yeah. So the, uh, fastest two valve motors, uh, powered cars were would get into the high fifteens in the quarter, so not fast, especially by two thousand nine ten standards. Yeah, true, but for what it is, that's, it was that's fine. A respectable, of course. Although from first hand knowledge, a Panther will get up and go on the highway pretty well. They'll run. They'll sure. run. They'll run one hundred and twenty five for all day on the highway, though mm-hmm. they need to. Well, and that was part of the increased cooling systems that right. uh, the police specific versions mm-hmm. got was so they could maintain pursuit speeds uh the marauder which had the four valve motor um that one was closer to 15 flat uh it was still being fed through an automatic four speed that was mostly unchanged since the early 90s not very firm no not very firm uh and it i think it had a 327 rear gear so it was not not exactly sport oriented yeah sure uh and here's the next part um the largest version of a panther platform was the extended wheelbase town car which had a i think 123 and a half or 124 inch wheelbase um this is the factory available so not a limousine or i I didn't know they made that yeah so uh i think it was oh three and later they may have done some in the nineties, but um, mainly the ones that I've seen are Oh three and later and all of the extended wheelbases in the rear passenger compartment. So this is sort of uh, t- targeted at livery companies, li- livery yeah. companies or somebody specifically looking for an inexpensive air quotes limousine. Yes. Um, so that, that version uh, weighed more than 4,500 pounds. Wow. Which for a car that had the limo version probably had 215 or 220 horsepower. Um, it's, it, it, it's cromulent. Ah, it, yeah, it's cromulent. That's mm-hmm. an excellent usage of that word. Um, but it was a portly vehicle for the power output. And while most vehicles nowadays seem to weigh at least 3,500 or 4,000 pounds for a midsize sedan, um, at that point that, that was quite heavy. Um, so, base price nineteen seventy nine, uh, six thousand one hundred eighty four dollars, which is about twenty five and a half thousand dollars now. Uh, Two thousand and eleven, the base price was twenty six nine fifty, 
So adjusted for inflation is $34,000. So it had some price uh, increases, but you know, you have to assume that the 2011 was substantially nicer than a 79. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Daylight Saving Time. Conserving candles and making people mad. All right. So, would we buy it? Well, I mean, it's obviously, <laughs> obviously, you guys would. We yeah, can't. You have. Can't I mean, yeah. You have both several have times. Of these. I'd had them on my radar for a long time. I always thought it would be fantastic to get a police version one with the cage still in the back and bring my kids to school that way. And when you pick them up from school, I would just have to put cuffs on them <laughs> and put them in at least once. I, would I did pick my kid up from marching band practice at the high school one time and use spotlight to identify Which where kid? I was at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I would definitely own one. I own, I have a wrecked one and, uh, driving one now that when has been very reliable we've driven both of these cars across the country and uh i got i got a warning in wyoming i was driving about 96 miles an hour i think when i got pulled over um and i had a wife a daughter and a mother-in-law in the car with me at that time nobody knew how fast we were going. Like that's the nice thing about these cars. If you do a lot of highway traveling or as um, my car was my office for a while, they're great for that too. So would I buy one? Yeah. Duh. Yes. I would buy one and I will probably have more in the future. Okay. I would buy one for the right deal. Absolutely. Um, I've always kind of, I've been kind of gravitating towards them as a family car. The issue we get, and I know you guys are going to roll your eyes, are they're all kind of getting along in the tooth now because the newest one is 11 years old. That's very valid. No, and, that's totally reasonable. And while I'm there, like, like, yes. well, you know, I could find a charger, mm-hmm. which would, you yes. know, please my ancestors more and also be <laughs> faster and be right. otherwise great for a family car. And also they're out there. available in all-wheel drive. They are. Um, there, the, the cop cars are, and even the V6 charger after 2012 is like 305 horsepower there. Wow. They, they get it out of, or 290, something like that. They get, they get a lot yeah, of power out of that yeah. Pentastar and wow. they get great mileage. They're, they're faster than a CVPI and get better mileage. They do a lot of things better. They're not as pleasant to work on or, you know, as yeah. just, you know, stone reliable, simple, but so you would buy one, but you're probably not going. There to. you go. Yeah, I, 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 if I found the right one, I would totally go for it. Wouldn't turn your nose. Absolutely. Well, at, at this point, most of the ones out there that are available and worth buying mm-hmm. are five thousand dollars or more. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you really should be considering a charger. They've reached the desirability, it. the desirability yeah. threshold where there are devotees and diehards who will pay better money than we're willing to pay well yeah. and they're they are 11 years out of production mm-hmm. and the vast majority of them are closing in on 20 years out of production because right. after 0506 the demand dropped off in the civilian market so then after that all you're getting is cop cars mm-hmm. which 
were beat up when they hit the civilian market. They were used heavily, but they were generally maintained well too. Yeah, but yeah. they were, but they were, they idled for very long periods of time. Yeah. They were, which the engines, not, you know, taken care of on a, you know, nobody, no, no cop is going to park an extra space out to not get door dinks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the engines generally aren't the issue because they are under strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, they have transmission failure and the interior quality is marginal sometimes. Yeah. And your wheel bearing. Yeah. I had, a, I had an axle, a rear wheel, outer axle bearing that failed and it chews up the axle and you have to have to replace the axle shaft. And so oh, yeah. Bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer, but it's not that hard to fix for car guys like us. But yeah, at that point, you're looking at, uh, you know, $5,000 for a 15 year old car, or you could maybe spend seven or $8,000 on a, a 10 or an 11 year old charger and get something that is faster and more fuel efficient mm-hmm. and, uh, more modern feeling for, yeah. or for worse, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, or, there's a valid, valid argument in that. There's not many other full size rear wheel drive yeah. vehicles. Sure. You can find one of the later police caprices. No, oh. the rear wheel drive ones that oh, they made. I've never seen one of those. In That's my the life. thing. They didn't make very. They just weren't super popular. They were only fleet. They sold them to what, like sixteen or seventeen? I didn't realize they went that late. They may ha- they they sold them for four or five years. They're great. So in theory, yeah. you could go buy one, but in reality, right. I've never seen one right. for sale. Right. Um, more expensive. Caprice PPV, I think, is the the mm-hmm. code for those, um, and they frequently go for mid to high teens, if not more, wow. because it's basically the Pontiac G8. The GT, I think G- GA, G- GT, GT was the V8, was the yeah. V8 version, and well, it's it's basically the same car with a longer wheelbase. They sold a civilian version of the Caprice PPV too, as the Chevrolet SS. Oh, oh the S, the SS. I've never seen one in real life. I completely forgot yeah. they existed. Yeah. One one thing I, I have noticed, so I, I had the the P seventy one, the police interceptor, whatever, the police package car was was the first Crown Vic I had. And uh didn't realize how much I appreciated that package until I wrecked it and then replaced it with one that is a standard civilian package. And the civilian package one has a bunch of vacuum solenoids in the HVAC controls that uh, the seals fail and you have to dig in there and replace seals. And it's it's kind of a, a pain or you have to buy a refurbished one because they don't make them anymore. Um, the, the civilian one, the automatic door lock, the doors lock when you put it in gear and it's just a complete pain because you get out and... Now you're, all your doors are locked when you don't want them to be locked. So yeah. there's a, there's things like that that the the police version doesn't have some of the luxury comfort or the luxury features, and I appreciate the lack of those because those are things to break. The, the luxury features are things that are going to break and be a pain and you have to fix them, whereas my cable-operated uh, uh, HVAC controls are still working just fine in the wrecked car. I mean, I think it's safe to say that you never appreciate a good package until you don't have it anymore. <laughs> Very well put out. So I've actually encountered the auto door lock thing on my town car, mm-hmm. and I would love to figure out how to mm-hmm. turn that off because uh, I'm fine with the doors locking when I put it in gear, but when I put it in park, I want all of them to unlock. Yes. Because now when I need yeah. to get my child out of the back it's seat, the I have to then go back to the front door and unlock it. Mm-hmm. 
and and my my Crown Vic that I have now, the civilian package Crown Vic, has one keyhole in the driver door only. No, mm-hmm. there's no keyholes in any other doors. There is only one in the driver door where you can unlock it with the key. And if you walk to the other side of the car to grab groceries or a kid out of the back seat, you've got a my truck is the same way and doesn't have keyless entry. One nice luxury feature, uh, of course, Alan will disagree with me on this, is the automatic closing trunk lid on the <laughs> town car. It's neat. I just didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. It, you just gently close the trunk lid and it sucks it down the last four inches. But if you happen to be trying to close it like a regular trunk lid, you may lose a finger. Yeah, because naturally you close it, it gets to the latched position and there's still a three quarter inch gap. So you put your fingers in there to try and lever it open again because you figure it wasn't closed and suddenly it comes down like a fingertip (laughs) guillotine and then you're lucky to yank them back and have all, you know, eight still attached. Not that I speak from personal experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not real familiar with the Marauder. Everybody talks about They were neat, but I mean, they were trying to take up the market that the Impala SS had vacated. Yeah. But they, and the Impala SS was no faster than a stock Caprice. It was just, Fancy, you know, murdered out to use the popular idiom from 15 years ago. Um, but the Marauder, they were like, oh, they put the twin, they put the, the 32 valve in it, and it wasn't that much faster. I mean, 15 flat, yeah, it was half a second faster. Yeah, so zero. Well, you put four cams on a V8, and people lose their mind and have to have it. I look at it and say, whoa, how much timing chain is on that thing? Uh, so <laughs> the four cam V8, if I remember correctly, is uh. Two intake-driven sprockets that then have a short chain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's not a mesh gear, kind of like Toyota products. Uh, I think it is a chain-driven second cam, but it's not like an Audi where there's 107 feet of chain that Mm -hmm. snakes its way around the front of the engine. So do, do you guys have any other thoughts on the Ford Panther? I think we've talked about it long enough for my taste tonight. Well, I better get home and work on the three various versions I have. This has been Junk Connoisseurs. Unpimp the auto.